freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody. Welcome to episode number 345 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is by the consent of the governed and our guest is Dave Kopp. Dave is the co-founder and president of the Arizona Citizens Defense League and the AZCDL Foundation. Dave is an East Coast transplant. Let's don't uh, blame him for that. <laughs> a former computer programmer and a family man. Dave spends his time restoring and protecting the rights to keep and bear arms through legislative lobbying. Lob lobbying. <laughs> It's easy for you to Lob say. Lobbying. <laughs> he is a strong voice protecting Arizona's against anti-rights groups and legislation that seeks to limit our freedoms. Welcome back to the show, Dave, and uh, for all your efforts lobbling. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, every day, first thing in the morning, you don't say Every day is your first day. Lobbying. <laughs> lobbying. Lobbying. Okay. Welcome, Dave. <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Um, so I've titled the show today. It's a, it's a lengthy title by the consent of the governed, because in political philosophy, the phrase consent of the governed refers to the idea that a government's legitimacy and moral right to use state power is justified and lawful only when consented to by the people or society over which that political power is exercised. It seems nowadays that our consent is merely the vote that we use to hire our representatives. And after that, once they're in office, they're free to do whatever they want. Is that how it's supposed to work, Dave? How it's supposed to work? No. <laughs> um, yeah. well, we always get into that disconnect between reality and the way it should be. Um, but yeah, that's these days. And it seems I'm sure everybody has noticed that at least everybody watches this. Uh, has noticed that it seems to be getting worse and worse as time goes by. Um, there are still at least a handful of politicians who take their oath of office seriously. I think the vast majority of them, like you said, just basically, okay, I got voted in and I'm good now. And now my entire purpose in life will be to get reelected. And other than that, I don't really care what anybody thinks. So, uh, and it's unfortunate that we've gone down that road, but I think to some degree it's inevitable. Um, there was a, a phrase attributed to Alexander Teitler, although my understanding is that it's actually somebody else who said it, uh, something about once, uh, once people figure out that they can vote themselves largesse out of the public treasury, it's all downhill from there. So, and you know, that's pretty much where we're at now. How much money can we spend to make sure everybody keeps voting for us? So wait, you mean to tell me that we vote and then we're done? 
well, that's the way people behave, but that's not the way way that it was set up by our founders. Right. Right. How do you have a representative government if the, the people being represented have abdicated their voice? Well, and that's part of the problem. And, and, you know, and I'm going to say something that probably a lot of people don't want to hear, but most of this is our fault. Yes. You don't really pay enough attention. Uh, Another old saying that I'm fond of just because you don't pay any attention to politics doesn't mean politics doesn't pay any attention to you. And and that's the reality of the situation. We have to be involved. That's one of the reasons why we started AZCDL. It's the basic purpose of AZCDL is to keep the public connected to the government because it doesn't work if that isn't the case. So we kind of have to treat politicians like kids. Well, they kind of are anyway. But so, you know, you tell a kid not to get in the cookie jar. You just have to keep an eye on the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to we vote for our politicians and we also need to keep an eye on our politicians. Well, for sure. And I think that that starts with the earliest education. I think it has to be uh, reinforced and modeled in the home. And then, of course, thankfully, we do have organizations like the AZCDL here in Arizona. Uh, There are organizations in almost every single state that at least say that they function the same way that the AZCDL does. But let's dive into that for a minute, because as we said in the opener, you are the president of two very important organizations. One is the Arizona Citizens Defense League. The other one is the Arizona Citizens Defense League Foundation. So just even helping people understand, you know, compare and contrast, what are those two organizations and how are they formed to function? Um, Well, at the most basic level, it's just a question of governmental regulation. Uh, Arizona Citizens Defense League, AZCDL, is uh, what they call an IRCC4, which is a tax-exempt organization, but you cannot deduct from your income taxes, any donations to it, because uh, it is politically oriented. Uh, the foundation, on the other hand, is what they call an IRCC3, and that is something you can donate to and deduct off your income taxes, because it is a strictly educational organization. Um, a little deeper dive, basically, AZCDL, the C4, does politics. Uh, We do lobbying. We try to influence legislation. We do uh, issue advocacy. The only thing that the law really forbids us from doing is candidate advocacy. We are not a PAC. We can't say vote for so-and-so. We can say vote for people who protect your right to bear arms, but we can't say vote for this person. So, uh, So that's kind of one difference. And then the C3, we don't do any of that. There's no politics involved. It's all strictly education. We focus on firearm safety training, uh, history of the right to bear arms, things like that. Uh, try, try and make sure everybody stays connected to where we came from. Absolutely. And full disclosure, not only am I and Dan both life members of the AZCDL, but I have the honor of serving on actually both boards uh, of those organizations that you're talking about. And um, it's, it's a passion of mine. And I, I was so honored when I was invited to uh, participate at that level. And um, I think I was appointed to one and, and voted in on the other or vice versa. But either way, I, I feel like I was already supporting everything that AZCDL does because the work is that important. And so then to be able to be attached in the ways that I am is just even better. 
Yeah, you shouldn't own a gun in Arizona if you're not a member. Oh, I like <laughs> you that. You know, you really shouldn't. Danny threw so, that gauntlet down. Well, you 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 know you 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 have a responsibility, and and the thing is, the a AZCDL they um, they will do all the work. All you do is have to weigh in, weigh in on it, right? <laughs> Pay attention. They do all the in. work and support them, and uh, really, I don't think you have any reason to have a gun if you're not willing to fight for your rights to have the gun somehow what do you think about that dave um i'd like to say i agree but only partly um okay. here's why and, and i've had this conversation over the years with people about ccw holders versus you know the folks who won't get a ccw because it's my constitutional right and i understand both sides of that debate but one of my points has always been if you get a guy who's got a ccw or a woman you know it doesn't matter uh, got a ccw and now is carrying a gun they have walked through your front door. So now you've got them inside. It's yes. your responsibility to bring them over to the purest side, you know, the side that says, I have an absolute constitutional right to carry this and I don't need any card that says so. You need to get them from there to here. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of one of the same points uh, to Dan's point. Yeah, you know, I, I wish that were true, but I'd rather have somebody own a gun and not be a member and have walked through my door and given me the chance to educate them as to why. So that's kind of where I am. That's a good revision. I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> I like that. And actually, I, uh, the first words I ever heard you speak, Dave, was at a gun rights policy conference. It was held here in Phoenix. Our show was brand spanking new. So I'd never been to one of those kind of uh, uh, meetings before. And I went there to, to network and meet people. And you took the stage and you said, if you are an Arizona resident and a gun owner, are you a member of the AZCDL? And if not, why not? And I remember that moment like it was five minutes ago. I don't remember what I had for breakfast, but I remember that moment because I felt so personally convicted. I felt like you were talking directly to me and you were. Because at that time, I, I was really not that aware of all of the, the political aspects and the, uh, the need to be tapped into organizations that are supporting and protecting our rights. And, uh, and I heard you loud and clear and flash forward, here we are. So keep using that line because it definitely worked on me. Well, and, and you know, it's important for people to join organizations like ours. Uh, like I said, I, you know, I'm not going to say you have to, or you're, you know, not the right gun owner, anything like that. I and mean, you know, uh, who was it that coined the phrase Second Amendment is for everyone. And so, you know, I don't care who you are, what your race is, what your creed is, what your gender preference is, or any of that. As far as I'm concerned, you have a Second Amendment right, protected right to, to bear arms. You have a, a right protected under the Arizona Constitution, Article 2, Section 26, to bear arms, and you should bear arms. Um, but it is important to, to join organizations like ours. At the very least, and, and I've said this for years, you know, if, if you just write a check for $30 every year, you're helping us, mm -hmm. even if you do nothing else. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to the next level and help out and recruit people at gun shows, hey, that's great too, and we'll take it. If you want to go to the next level up and come down to the Capitol and help me lobby and testify in front of committees, we'll take it. We'll take any help we can get. So, well, Dave, you know, there's been, there's been like, couple million new gun owners and several thousands in Arizona with the COVID mess that we've had. And, you know, I just want to tell those people that 
you know, now that you've owned a gun, and many are Democrats, and many are what you would consider on the other side of the fence. And now that they are on the fence or on this side a little bit, you know, carry, you know, having a gun, there's a responsibility with that. And one is to educate yourself, learn how to use it, but also to get involved to so we don't lose our rights, right? Oh, absolutely. So, Absolutely. And we've had um, a report come out recently that, uh, and it was not even like a particularly friendly, um, gun right friendly uh, publication. I want to say the Wall Street Journal or, you know, one of these Washington Post, one of these that was reporting that uh, I believe half of all new gun owners recently are female. Mm-hmm. And that is a demographic that uh, has been, I don't think it's been underserved because the right, your rights are for everybody, right? The bill of rights was written for, for all of us. And as Maj Ture, my good friend, Maj Ture likes to say, even if it wasn't, it's mine now. So there's that, right? Um, I just got so, that. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And so, um, you know, women have just not been really as vocal or as recognized or maybe as active in the rights uh, movement and and the gun community, if there is such a thing, right? The rights community, if there is such a thing. But we certainly are now. And I know for a fact, because another hat that I wear is I'm the state director for the DC Project, which is Women for Gun Rights. And the minute you became aware you, Dave Kopp, and, and you, the, the president of the AZCDL and this AZCDL as a, as a body, became aware of the DC project, you championed the work that we do from the word go. And so how important do you think it is for the female demographic uh, to have a voice in this conversation? I think it's very important. Uh, you know, the left has learned, and you notice I did not say Democrats, um, I know I made that mistake. I'm going to get in trouble for that. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, we are a nonpartisan organization, but I do think that there is a distinct schism, especially on the right to bear arms, between the left and the right political spectrums. And I think the left has learned that you need to have that broad base of appeal, even if it is, doesn't actually exist, because the left's organizations are largely very well funded by a handful of coastal elites. And their actual grassroots is fairly small, but a billion dollars can make them seem much larger. Uh, we, on the other hand, we have the actual grassroots. We don't have the billion dollars, but we can show the bodies. And I think it's very important that we show that counter visual. And you and I have discussed this before. You know, when, when you're down at the legislature and you're testifying in front of committee, there's a sea of red Moms Demand Action shirts behind you, and the politicians, and that's what they are, sitting up at, uh, on the the uh, dais there listening to all of this, they're looking out at the, the audience and they're thinking, you know, when I run for re-election, I need the soccer mom demographic and there they are. And they don't like this issue, so I should stay away from it. Now, counter that with another C on the other side of the room of Teal DC Project shirts who come in there and say, hey, you know, we carry guns, we, we support our right to bear arms. That's the counter visual that they need so that they understand that demographic isn't monolithic. It is actually these people and these people, and I need to listen to both sides. 
And, and I'm fine with that. I don't have to have anybody just completely on my side, but listen to both sides and I'm happy. And I have a, I have a visual here. We have this red shirted group. And then look at this sea of teal. This is reality. This is who the American female gun owner is the DC project ladies from all over the nation. We have a huge presence, but we, for whatever reason, we just, we don't have the, um, the level of, of activity to be able to, at a moment's notice, run down to the Capitol and, you know, show up in our teal shirts. We're working on that. Uh, the, the AZCDL gives us that in, that encouragement. You offer us the information about what's going on, what's important to get behind. And uh, I think that the next year, we're definitely going, the next legislative se session, we're definitely going to see uh, an actual physical representation of what that photo showed is that there are women all over this state and as state director of the DC project, I'm working on, you know, bringing out the at least one woman from each of our 30 legislative districts so that we can show up at these things in our individual district and then at the, the state capitol um, because we're out there. I mean, mm -hmm. we're just too quiet and we're just too distracted. Um, and so following well, I, the work that the AZCDL does where I think we've got some great momentum for this next year. Right. I, I agree with that. And I, and I'm thinking, you know, back in the day when, you know, they were trying to take our guns with uh, away from us, mm -hmm. it, the women were stronger on the negative side, you know, wanting to take our guns away. Okay. Uh, but women have started getting into the shooting sports and really strong with it and women network better than anybody. That's true. So, at first, it was just the women that was against guns. You know, they had their little group. And now we have all these women that are for guns. They're going to drown out those red shirts. Well, the thing is, once they realize that, uh, you know, over the past year and a half, how many brand new gun owners are there and right. how many are women, as we're talking about, because women are starting to, to realize well, wait a minute, maybe it sounded good. Maybe it felt good to say, you know, right. to get behind this mom's demand stuff. But the reality, what's going to actually do good is being able to protect my one and only God-given life and the lives of my family members. And what's the best tool for that? Oftentimes it is a gun. And so I think it's just a natural progression that uh, we are going to see a, a much different um, visual and a much different message in this next year or so, because the people that just like to use emotion and throw emotion around, uh, when they start, when that starts hitting the ear of people who have actually invested in purchasing a firearm and purchasing training and, and joining groups like the AZCDL, it's going to sound a lot different to their ear. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I appreciate that the work that you're doing there, Dave, and that, that you've supported women so strongly. Um, how about this idea of, you know, the polit the political end of things? Again, the Second Amendment's not political. The AZCDL Foundation, not political. The AZCDL itself, you lobby, but you're not political. Do you or have you, has the AZCDL ever had a, a political action pack or some kind of a political action arm? We used to. Uh, we had some issues with it, uh, which I won't go into on, on public radio. Um, but yeah, we did. Um, 
I have always been a little leery about doing the, the electoral side, uh, just because, like I said, I, we do issue advocacy, and I don't think it's appropriate for us to be too closely tied to electoral advocacy. Um, on the other hand, though, we are having some discussions with some other folks, maybe taking part in participating in the formation of a, of a general Arizona gun rights kind of pack um, where we wouldn't be directly in control of it, but we would advise it and you know basically kind of guide it along. Um, but it wouldn't be ours directly. So we're working on that, that that's, uh, you know, we get a lot of folks uh, in our membership, you guys need to tell us, you know, who, who we should vote for and, and we can give you voting records. We do that now. We've done it for years. Um, just, you know, these are the people who voted yes for our bills. These are the people who didn't. And that should tell you something. But I've always been very leery of saying, but you should vote for so-and-so because, you know, politicians change uh, uh, almost as frequently as, as, as uh, well, no, I won't use that analogy. <laughs> A lot, change a lot. A lot. We'll just say a lot. Yeah, we'll just say a lot. And, and we've so, had some big ones in Arizona that's changed quite a bit. Oh yeah, and, and you know, but we're always here, and that's something that that's become uh, kind of a truism down at the legislature. Uh, we've been in business seventeen years now, and so you know, whoever comes into office, it's always well. Those are the AZCDL guys. Those are the gun guys. So, and, you know, we're just a presence there. We have been forever and hopefully we'll stay that way long after I'm gone. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and important then, that everybody participates. For sure. And we've, we've mentioned membership in the AZCDL a couple of times, but we haven't yet told people how they can become members. Yeah, I, I, was, I was actually going to get to that, but then, you know, we, we go <laughs> off on tangents sometimes. Um, yeah, if you go to the website, it's www.azcdl.org, O-R-G. Um, that's our website. You can join there. Uh, we have a presence at almost every gun show in the state, as few as they are these days. Um, and so if you go to the, the gun show tables or other events, uh, we've been to uh, uh, state fairs, prepper shows, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you'll find our table and you can join there. It's actually discounted at the table, um, but you'll pay full boat on the website. That, you know, and, and it's not a lot of money, 30 bucks for a basic membership. Uh, 50 bucks for what we call the sustaining membership, which basically you're helping sustain the organization and 300 bucks for a life membership. None of that has changed in 17 years. That, that was wow. our price. Again, that's our price now. Um, I don't anticipate it will, but again, you know, I'm not going to last forever. So who knows? But um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it's important that you join. Uh, one of the things that impresses politicians is numbers. And, you know, we started out with a uh, actually, realistically, we actually started out with four guys in a five and diner. Uh, it was me <laughs> and our co-founders. Um, within a year, we were at a couple of hundred members. Uh, now, 17 years later, we're bumping on 20,000. Wow. So, uh, it, it's very important for everybody. The more numbers we have, the more impressive that is. If I can go to a politician and say we have 50,000 members, it's much more impressive than 20, which is much more impressive than 10, et cetera, et cetera. So. Absolutely. And one of the benefits of, uh, I mean, the, the ultimate benefit is that you're protecting and preserving your right to keep and bear arms in the state you live in, right? Or even if you're in another state, you can help us uh, support the, the right here because what happens in one state happens in another. But another benefit of membership is that you get to attend our annual uh, membership meeting. And uh, those are always very informative, very fun, lively events. And last year I was honored to help with the digital 
portion because of course during COVID year everything went digital, right? And and I was able to interview a panel of of some really cool people. Uh, this year we are live and in person again. Uh, so talk to us about what are the plans this year. And uh, I do believe you have to be a member before you can attend. Is that true? Well, either a member or a guest of a member. Okay. Uh, so if you're a member, you can bring non-members because um, we figure the members are smart enough to vet people who shouldn't be there. So, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, the meeting this year is on uh, second Saturday in October, which we try to get that date every year. And so far, we've been successful most of the time. Second Saturday is uh, October 9th this year. It's in Tucson at the uh, um, uh, the Marriott uh, University. And, um, you know, it's just a whole bunch of people get together. We encourage people to open carry. You don't have to, but we encourage people to. Um, usually we have around 400 people, 450. And um, it's, you know, safest room in Arizona for, for that day. And so uh, usually we'll get a couple of folks to speak. This year we're having uh, Rachel Malone, who's my counterpart in Texas. Um, she's the, the uh, state liaison for gun owners of, of Texas. And um, she just, uh, her and, and, of course, other people who, who work out in Texas, uh, just succeeded in getting constitutional carry there this year. Um, so that's something that she gets to talk about. Uh, and Rachel's a great speaker. So, you know, if you've never seen Rachel, please come and, you know, support us and, and support her. And then uh, we'll usually have a couple of local politicians show up that are supportive of us. And they'll usually say a few words. Uh, I'll say my five or 10 minute speech, you know, at the beginning, this is what's going on. And this is why you should, you know, always support AZCDL forever. And, uh, and, you know, we have a great time. You have a good meal and we all talk and, you know, um, we usually have a soylent auction this year. We're not doing that. Um, just the, the demographics with COVID and everything has made everything much more difficult, but at least we're, we're able to get together in person for a change. Um, but yeah, so hopefully by next year, we will COVID uh, restrictions will be a thing of the past, but they're not yet. So we, we're, we're still having our issues. But uh, I encourage everybody to come, uh, you know, if you're not a member, join, go on the website, join, you can buy tickets right after you join, just put your membership number in. Um, and yeah, if, if there's any questions, you can always call Tom, he's our treasurer, and, uh, and he'll help you out. So. Absolutely. And so one comment about Rachel Malone is she is someone who used to be, she grew up feeling not great about guns. I, I believe she would say that she was actually on the side of being anti-gun and then through her own experiences and her own training and education, she realized how important not only the tools are, but the rights to the tools. Even if she didn't ever want to own one, she started understanding how important it was to, to have the rights for herself and all future generations. And now she's the head of the gun owners of America and Texas. I mean, so never say never and always invite in people eat into the conversation, even if you think they might not be friendly to it or open to it, right? It's an interesting dynamic that I've noticed and, and I've been doing this for years even before we started AZCDL. Um, a, it is generally the case, and, and I say generally just because I don't know if there is actually anybody on the other side of the equation, but it is generally the case that people go from anti to pro and not the other way. I have literally never in my 
almost 30 years of, of doing this kind of activism. I've never met anybody who went from pro to anti, but I've met many people who went from anti to pro. I agree. Um, other thing I wanted to point out, because Rachel, at least in my eyes and probably yours too, is still a youngster. Yeah. Uh, young people, by and large, are very accepting of the right to keep and bear arms. We always hear about, oh, polls show that they're all socialists and et cetera. Okay, maybe polls show that. I, I don't know. I don't do polling. I do know that it's been my experience that, like you said, young people in general are very much the, well, I don't particularly <clears throat> want a gun, but I want the right to have a gun. And I think that's very uh, pervasive amongst the younger generation. And I think we need to do as much as we can to encourage them. Um, part of that, of course, is, is the disconnect between my generation and theirs on certain social issues. And, uh, you know, I, I try to get past that, but I'm an old white guy and that doesn't always work. Um, one of the reasons I think that it's important to get women involved and get minorities involved, et cetera, et cetera, because we reach our own audiences much more effectively than we reach others. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, I think that that's a truism that people go from their side to our side, not the other way. Right, and I've, I've been te uh, teaching people shoot for years and take people out. And I've never had anybody, if you take them out properly and start them with small guns and into bigger guns that said, ew, <laughs> after they shot a gun, you know, they are, most of them say, how do I get one of those? Yeah. You know, and so your friends coming to the, bring your friends to the meeting and bring your friends shooting and get them involved. It, 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 it's only good. Alan Corwin, who, who you both know, and who's an old, one of my oldest friends out here. Um, Alan always said every time he brought somebody new shooting, the first question was always, do you have more ammo? Yes. Yeah. And I think that, again, that's a truism, you know, people like it. Uh, some years ago, and, and unfortunately we haven't repeated this, but we really should. Some years ago, we had, uh, right before GRPC, we had a shoot for legislators and we invited the Dems. A handful of them showed up. Um, most of them had never shot a gun before. And they were all two things. A, they really enjoyed shooting. And B, they were really surprised that we weren't all wearing white hoods. Uh, you know, right. it, it just was Seriously. one of those preconceived notions that they had that gun owners are just, you know, mean, surly, hillbilly types. And they were like, you know, they were all so nice and so welcoming. And I really appreciate that. So, you know, again, get them to the range. There is no better way to get somebody into shooting than to put a gun in their hands and get them to the range. And like Dan said, not a big, you know, uh, uh, 500 Smith and Wesson Magnum. Don't start anybody that way. No, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it used to be back in the day. You'd oh look at this big gun. Let's watch watch this guy shoot this gun, and you know we all got smart. Yeah. And especially if you're taking somebody out that's never shot before, start them out with a small gun. Let them work their way up to it. They'll work their way up to it. I've never seen anybody yeah. that didn't want to shoot the next gun. Mm -hmm. So that's super important. So absolutely. So we um, on that legislative shoot. Okay, here, try this 22. Do you like that? Okay, how? Oh, you try this nine millimeter, try this 45, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, eventually they got to the point where they were comfortable with everything on the table. Absolutely. Right. Uh, nowadays, it's become so polarized, they probably end up getting ostracized by their, their cohorts if they showed up at a, <gasps> a thing like Man, that. But we should still invite them yes. because there are still independent thinkers out there and uh, people with just enough of a rebel spirit that they're not gonna you know buckle under necessarily the entire party line um i wanted to take just a second and and just mention that 
we've had the, the AZCDL has had uh, a certain board for so many years and one particular person who uh, basically single-handedly did 90% of everything <laughs> because isn't that how things always work? And that person, so, uh, I mean, he's so important to us. He up and retired. I don't know who let him do that, but <laughs> I wanted you to just take a minute and, and tell folks about the one and only amazing Fred Dake. Yeah, Fred, uh, Fred was one of our founders. Uh, it was basically myself, um, Fred Dank, John Wentling, and Charles Heller. Um, John has since retired due to health issues. Fred just retired this year. Um, Charles is not on the board anymore, but still does our, our, uh, our media coordinating job. Um, but Fred was the guy who basically ran everything. He was the back office guy. And, you know, you say you have your back office staff. Well, that was Fred and his wife, Susie. I have to give her credit, too. Susie. She, of time and effort into this as well and for 17 years it was just a labor of love and somehow or another in this last year Fred you know broke the chain that we had around his ankle to his desk and, and said you know what I was retired when I took this job and, and it became literally a full-time 24-7 job for him for 17 years and he said you know I think I'm going to actually retire now and so and Fred's in his 70s now so you know God bless him we wish him all the best but yeah, we would not have been where we are today without Fred and Susie. So. Boy, that is the case. So retired, they moved, but uh, we still have their email address. So yeah. um, <laughs> numbers, yeah. we might we might draw them back in again yet. I I don't know, but um, just huge thanks to Fred and Susie for all that they've done. Uh, but I think we about used our time. How does it go so quickly? Uh, tell folks, Dave, uh, just as we wrap up again, how can they continue to support the efforts of the AZCDL? And, and do people donate separately to the AZCDL than they donate to the foundation? Or is it just kind of one place to donate? And how do people also become members? Uh, well, again, you can always go to the website, azcdl.org. Um, you can join there. Uh, azcdlfoundation.org is for the foundation. Yes, they are separate donations. Uh, we're not allowed by law to mix them. So um, if you donate to the C4, to the AZCDL, you'll, be, uh, you'll not be able to, to deduct it from your income taxes, but you will be supporting legislative activism here in Arizona. If you donate to the foundation, you will be able to donate, uh, deduct it from your income taxes. Um, I don't know what the percentages are. I know uh, generally there is some rule that says you can donate all of it if this happens and portion of it if that happens. And that's something you need to ask your tax account about. But it is deductible. Uh, and that supports training. Uh, our big mission right now, is, as you know, is to bring uh, Faster Saves Lives to Arizona and start getting some of our educators and our uh, administrators in the school districts trained in how to protect our kids uh, properly, not just throw their bodies in front of them and pray. Right. And so, um, that's, that's one of our big focuses now, but uh, our entire focus in the foundation is safety and education. Fantastic. And I know that uh, there is a super easy way to support uh, the AZCDL Foundation financially, and that is through Amazon. I mean, we all shop on Amazon, 
right? We're getting ready to start shopping like crazy for the holidays. So uh, do you know the mechanism for that? Well, if you have an Amazon account, and I think pretty much everybody in the world does at this point, um, you can go to what they call Amazon Smile. And what happens is when you make a purchase at Amazon through the Smile website, it will take a small percentage, it's a few cents on the dollar, um, but it will take a small percentage and donate it to your selected charity. So of course I have, and many of our members have selected the AZCDL Foundation. Um, we get, I don't know how much, a few thousand dollars a year out of it. And of course, you know, every little bit helps. And so uh, uh, that's their way of helping people through their purchases, because you know, who doesn't shop on Amazon these days? So uh, yeah, so that that's one way of doing it. And you can do that through our website as well. There is a link to Amazon Smile. Um, I don't remember all the details of the website because they've changed it <laughs> several times, but, <laughs> but I know there's one there. So Absolutely. And uh, every time we get an update from, uh, it's now Tom Woodrow, who gives us the update about how much money has come to the foundation through Amazon Smile. I, I feel like I should just personally say, you're welcome. Cause, because oh <laughs> I use it and I use Amazon probably more than I should. Dave, to. <laughs> I have to tell you that the UPS driver came by my house and said, is your wife okay? And I go, yeah, why? She didn't get a package today. <laughs> okay. That's how bad it is. <laughs> it's a mostly true story. So, <laughs> so all right. My account as well. So I know how that yeah. <laughs> for sure. So, all right. Well, thank you again so much for all that you do, Dave. And uh, I personally don't get to come to the, the uh, membership meeting this year on October 9th in Tucson, but uh, I definitely will be, um, you know, acting behind the scenes and, and helping out with everything. And I know it's going to be a tremendous event. Absolutely. All Welcome right. everybody. Join out and show up. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Thanks, thank you Dave. so much. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, California needs a man like that to run an organization there to help them. Well, and they've got a couple of really powerful and strong organizations mm -hmm. in California. There are some Second Amendment organizations that I would say you don't see any results of their actions. So I would say they're mostly just fundraising organizations, but, um, there are a couple over there that they're really putting the work in yeah. and, they're, they're, the, and they're starting to move. And they are the, the problem is that people, individuals, you know, the, the, you and the me and the Danny that we've gotten way too comfortable with thinking it's somebody else's job. All we have to do is vote. Right. It, and even if that, right, because then we can sit back and go, well, my vote doesn't count. So, you know, uh, we have a friend or two that they think that's the cool position, right? Yeah. <clears throat> rather than be wrong, they'd rather do nothing. And that just drives me a little nuts. But, um, but too many of us think it's somebody else's job to do it, whatever it is, right? especially when it comes to um, legislation and things of that nature. And we have to wake up, many of us have in this past year and a half, wake up and realize, oh no, it's that person in the mirror. That's the one that can do something and has to do something. Right. 
And so if you looked at all the people in, in California that own a firearm of some sort, and I'm going to take it a step further, an arm of some sort, because are firearms the only kind of arms? Right. Are they? No. No. What else is an arm? Knives, right? Chainsaws. Chainsaws. <laughs> That's not possible. Can't it be Halloween? It's, yeah. but, um, but the point is that if everybody in California who owns arms were to take seriously their personal connection to and responsibility to our U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights, then maybe they could understand that, oh, wait, my state also has those protections, right? right? And <clears throat> if we've lost those protections, I need to do something about that. It would be such a groundswell. There would be so much pressure uh, to the representatives, the politicians, the leaders, whatever word you want to give them, that the tide would turn so quickly it would it would shock you so that's well, you my encouragement to everybody politicians accountable holding them accountable and raising up people that you would even think you could entrust right. with that kind of responsibility <clears throat> and then supporting those people as they run for office financially with your your time right? Doing mm -hmm. door knocking, doing phone calls, all the things that help people uh, win elections. And then once they're in office, that's, that is when the work really starts. That's not when you get to go, okay, good, we won and, and leave them to their own. I mean, we've been business owners for how many years and we hire people, right? Do we just go, okay, you're hired, figure it out on your own, make it your own. We try not to. No. I mean, sometimes we haven't always hit we, the mark, yeah, yeah. but no, we have to mentor those people to, to serve our clientele right. in the same ways that we would serve our clientele. We've hired them to be an extension of our values and our mission right. and hiring people with our vote is no different. And we just have to turn that paradigm around. Stop looking at elected people as though they are, you know, godlike creatures or rock stars, royalty, royalty, stop it. They're not that, you know what? They're nothing. They're, they're just like us. They're doing a job, a job that you hired them to do. If they're not doing the job properly, if they're not following the constitution, fire them. I wanted to say fire With there, the next... fire there, but I didn't, <laughs> you know, because you. it's, it's irritating to me when you have governors that just come out and say, it's above my pay grade, the constitution. Why is that person in office? Why? I mean, it's a job of a politician. It's a job of a police officer to withhold the constitution. Withhold. With, uh, to uphold. uphold. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I need my you're, you're thinking about how things are right now right. where they're withholding the but, constitution. But how many, uh, how many things, especially let's critters. just look at California. Wait, let's look at Arizona. How many laws are on the book are not uh, uh, true to the constitution? Oh my gosh. There's so many, so many. And why are they there? They shouldn't have even have been considered to be a law. It's true. All right. Well, again, thank you uphold, so much to withhold, uphold, withhold.
Withhold. Well, it's because we're the past year and a half, our constitution has been withheld from us. Yes. That's and and, and they that. come out and say, when the president comes out and says it, it may not be legal. When he but says we're doing it's it. not about your rights and it's not right. about your freedoms, it's about what we are going to make you do. It's what we That's want. Basically, what that speech was yeah. that Biden it's gave. For the children. About the, oh my gosh. For the children. About the, uh, I think that was the vaccine. Yeah, mandatory uh, vaccine. Yeah. Thing. It's like it, he told you right there that, you know, it, that is exactly about your rights. You know, if you don't have the, the ability to say no, then you, that's something that on a personal level, you know, put on my psychologist hat, how someone accepts your no tells you pretty much everything you need to know about your relationship with that person and whether or not that person respects you as an individual, a sovereign individual mm -hmm. separate from them. If you can say no, and they still love you and still respect you, uh, things are good. If sure, you like say no, think. and they want to impose, impart right. some punishment to diminish you or your life in some way, that is a sick relationship, right? Whether it's a personal relationship or with your government. And I think we are in a very sick relationship with our government. Right. right and now. speaking of the mm -hmm. uh, vaccine mandate mandate that they want to do, I uh, heard on the daily wire today mm -hmm. that they uh, have over a hundred people in their organization and that they are going to fight them. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for people to join their group mm -hmm. to help fight that. And I think that's a good cause because w w next is 10 people. Right. right? Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I can't agree more with that. And, you know, the, the confusion comes in when people are saying, well, if you're a private business, you should be able to do what you want. Well, here's the thing. If, if we're a private business and we're, we're doing what we want, you, that goes out the window when the weight of the federal government is leaning us on us, causing us to have to decide whether we're going to be an agent of the state at the right. threat of a fine right. if we don't do this. Right. Okay, now now we wouldn't be acting as uh, an individual business anymore, would we? No, because so, that's just one step. Yeah, that's where a lot of this, this murkiness starts coming in. Um, it's a but, test, folks, for the next couple of years. It's a test to see how far they can go. And they're going to push it to the limit. Yeah, and all, if all they have to do is say, it's there's an emergency. Well, right. guess what? We're going to have a never ending series of emergencies. Yeah. We All should right. be able to do that too. Hmm. Uh, I can't pay my payroll taxes this year. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. <laughs> you know, give it to a corporation but, that has over a hundred people. Wait a minute. Taxes are, you know, they're voluntary, right? Oh yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they're voluntary. Just like me taking the trash out. <laughs> That's good. All right. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much to our awesome guest today, Dave Kopp, president yep. of the mm -hmm. AZCDL, president of the AZCDL Foundation, uh, doing amazing work here in Arizona. Again, become a member, whether you live in Arizona or not, support the work that we're doing because those numbers, those membership numbers, they matter yeah. to the politic critters that we are trying to uh, interact with critters, and sure. keep in line, right? And thank you to our amazing listeners, not just here in our city, 
not just here in the state of Arizona, not even just here across the United States, but across the globe. Wherever there is internet, we have listeners and uh, people watching our, our videos, and we see you. We know you're out there, and your time is your most finite commodity, and when you spend it with us, it is appreciated, yeah. and we thank you for that. If you uh, want to watch, uh, re-watch this episode or any of the videos that we have put up, find us at YouTube, at GunStreamer, or on the smart uh, phone app called Ops Lens. If you like to listen to the audio only version that because maybe you're out what for a bike ride or a, a long country drive looking at the, the changing of the leaves very soon right because we are in the studio what is today, September 20th 2021 so all over the nation the, the weather's starting to change a little bit get a little bit fall esque. Uh, so if you're out and you like to listen to the audio only version go to our website gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. I see you mocking me, Mr. Todd, I but I thought you were me. actually going to say it. So that's nope. why I paused. Mm. Um, and uh, if you click the guest tab, you'll be able to see photos and bios and links to all of the work that all of our guests have ever um who have ever been on the show. It is a tremendous resource. And when you spend time there, we don't hate that. And we also don't hate it if you share that information. Absolutely. Please share yeah. it. Let's get everybody informed. Absolutely. And when you go to YouTube and GunStreamer, click not only the subscribe button, but also the notifications, right? Everybody out there says, smash that notification. Well, we are very refined and we are the beneficiaries of the greatest inheritance of all time ever. And so I think we should have our pinky delicately and firmly raised when we press the notifications and the subscribe button. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, what are we going to do until next time? We are going to double, triple pray mm. to For our who? nation. For nation. Who else? The politicians. Okay. How about the one or two that you don't really like? <laughs> if it's only one or two, we'd be in good shape right now. <laughs> how how about, about the one or two that I like? <laughs> Uh, we need to pray for the ones that we don't like. Especially, right? Yes. Why? All right. Hmm? Because we love you. No, why? Because we need to uh, give them some information. We need <laughs> God to push some information into them. Hey, guys, we have a constitution in this area of the world. We need you to follow that constitution. Nudge them a little bit, God. Nudge right? them. And, and didn't you make an oath? to protect that yeah okay so yeah i like it all right well until next time be good to each other have a great week and god bless bye-bye